Hello, hello. Welcome to the TF1 podcast. This is your host, Trey, welcoming you back from after the summer break. I have missed you guys, and we are doing the Dutch GP review. So let's go. So we are back to Max's home race, of course. We know that at the Dutch GP, you know, the Orange Army is going to be out heavy. Most of the drivers, actually all of the drivers coming back from their summer break, all rested and everything. So let's get right into it. Um, Friday practice, as I always do, I'll give you the background to the race as far as Friday uh, practice and then qualifying on Saturday. The one significant thing that actually happened during Friday practice um that was, of course, a major surprise, and that affected everything was uh, during um, the second second practice on Friday, there was a crash at this track, and it was uh, Oscar Piastri and his McLaren, and when he hit the barriers, and I got to tell you guys, of course, as the weekend goes on, you have definitely, for those who watched the race or followed, you know, Friday and Saturday's proceedings, this track, especially with the weather this weekend, which rain was predicted, you know, on all three days of running, it was quite a, a dangerous track. You know, the way the banking is at this track, and then you add in uh, changeable conditions and rain, this has, this track has seen a lot of crashes. So, like I said, Oscar Piastri crashes, and then I'm not sure exactly what happened or whether Daniel Ricciardo was trying to avoid hitting Piastri, but he then, meaning Daniel Ricciardo, goes, you know, has a heavy crash into the barriers. And, and the significance of that is immediately on the radio, he mentioned his hand. So he actually ended up breaking his left hand, uh, Ricardo did. So, uh, you know, of course, our prayers go out to him. I, I mean, he is fine, but of course, he's broken his hand. So it's just this unfortunate series of events that um, Ricardo unfortunately seems, you know, to find himself in. Of course, you, you know, crash is a crash. It can happen to any driver. Um, you know, we're just glad, you know, that he... You know, he isn't injured beyond that, at least um, it's just his hand. You know, it's not a loss of life or anything like that, but it's still very unfortunate. So he's in a cast. So what the team had to do was uh, that prompted their uh, support driver, Liam, who um, has not had a chance in F1, Liam Lawson. So this gave him a chance this weekend uh, to get into an F1 car and go through, you know, all the things drivers have to go through from practice, qualifying to race. And by the way, he's a really highly touted uh, driver in the junior category. So that was something significant that happened on a Friday that I wanted to make sure you guys are were aware of that. Okay. So we go into qualifying, and of course, this theme of this weather, this rain and changeable weather, you know, this is going to follow us, whether it's through qualifying or through the race. And of course, anytime you have that, and we've talked about it many times, you know, this is a big, big test for the engineers. This is a big test for the drivers and especially the strategists, because 
you know, this affects your tires, this affects everything around you. So this made qualifying, the weather made qualifying very hectic. So we had not one, but two red flags during qualifying. Uh, one of them was Logan Sargent, who's really had an adventurous weekend. Uh, Logan Sargent has had a really tough weekend this weekend. So um, he, you know, had a crash. And then the other person was Charles Leclerc of Ferrari. He also had um, a coming together with the barrier. So there's two red flags um, just in this qualifying alone. Now, another significant thing that happened when we were following qualifying was Lewis um, suffered a real kind of shock elimination in Q2. So you did not expect that. Um, after qualifying, we were able to find out two things. One, there was he said he had issues with the balance of the car. So that was one thing um, that contributed to that. The other was he also did not time his runs properly. Um, and so, you know, when you have these changeable conditions, Lewis, of course, is a really experienced driver. So I'm not sure exactly what happened. It must have been the kind of the balance of the car that was throwing him off. But when he timed his laps, he actually almost got eliminated in Q1, which is really surprising. He made it through this, you know, the skin of his teeth. And then he went into Q2 and he didn't properly warm up the tires and um, also the boost. And so that caused him to be eliminated, which is really unfortunate because when you see how well Russell did, you know, it could have given him uh, Lewis a really good starting point. So that's really unfortunate, but he was eliminated. So the that it was uh, uh, ended up being with the weather and changeable conditions the end of qualifying actually ended up being very stimulating and uh, so the final result the result excuse me was max and then norris in second and russell in third in qualifying but i do have to mention the really star qualifier and the standout in all this was actually alex albon in that williams um, you guys have seen it all weekend, but I cannot tell you how impressive Alex Albon has been. I'm talking about the entire weekend, especially with these changeable conditions where you have kind of semi-wet and semi-dry track. Alex Albon, you know, not just this season, but especially the last couple of races, driving a car that is not up to snuff, you know, time-wise, he has really, really impressed, not just me, but he has impressed a lot of people in F1. And I can tell you guys, he is out driving the wheels of that Williams. So Alex Albon actually came in fourth. And if you look at the cars he's ahead of, I mean, we're not even mentioning Lewis Hamilton's Mercedes, who's way down. But, I mean, he has out-qualified people like Perez, who's in, you know, the fastest car in the field. And so you just really have to mention Alex Albon. I know there's probably going to be a lot of teams eyeing him. Um, you know, I don't know what kind of... Uh, contract stipulations Williams have and James Vowles, the head of Williams has. But if I was them, you know, I'd make sure 
Well, that that contract is watertight because Alex Albon is doing an amazing job. So I, I just had to mention him and highlight him because he's doing fantastic, okay? So that was Saturday in qualifying for you, all right? So let's fast forward to Sunday and the race. And um, I will tell you guys before we even get into the proceedings that this has been a record-breaking weekend for Max because with his win on Sunday today, he has now had a record equaling ninth consecutive race victory, okay? And let's remember he's achieved that in a frantic weekend with crazy weather, all kinds of things happening. He has now uh, equaled Vettel in a ninth consecutive race victory. So just the level of driving that Max is displaying, you just, you know, you it, you know, it doesn't matter what team you support or what driver is your favorite driver. There just has to be recognition of the level of driving and the level of excellence he's displaying, especially when you look at the time differential between him and Perez in the same identical car. Um, it is just staggering what Max has been able to do this weekend. So you really have to recognize that, okay? So let's get into the details of the race, like I said. So right at the beginning now, keep in mind, of course, there's rain forecast also for the race. So that's pretty much the whole entire weekend on and off. So at the beginning, Max kept the lead at the front. You know, of course, Norris was right behind him, but he wasn't able to do anything. But out of the front, runners or the guys at the front the person who actually had the best start was actually alonzo okay so alonzo basically jumped from fifth to third he had a daring move that he made um, he actually made it on the inside of the banking at turn three and so he jumped russell and albon um, pretty much literally at the beginning of the start of the race so you know alonzo as we will you know, see throughout the race, he had a really good race for Austin Martin. Uh, it seems like, you know, Austin Martin has had quite a significant decline, especially compared to Mercedes and McLaren uh, the last couple of races. So it looks like they've made some tweaks after the summer break. And, um, you know, this is the first time they've had a podium in quite a few races. So, um, you know, Lonzo was able to make a really good start. Now, crazy enough, of course, we've talked about weather and rain. Now, the rain, interestingly, you know, with all the forecast tools that the teams have, you know, weather always does whatever it wants. And it was surprising. The rain came actually much earlier there than they anticipated. So literally, right when the cars finished their first lap, there were signs of drops of rain. So, you know, you're talking about literally on lap two of the race. So out of the front runners, the first person that was able to come in was Perez. And, you know, I always say this. This is when days and weekends like this weekend is when strategists, they earn their salary. This is where it's so difficult because you can be dry on, on one lap and then a lap and a half later, now you're going to need different tires. And so, you know, the best strategists are the ones that can, you know, make a, a call before the other cars and before the other strategists do. So, 
they got Perez in if who um and they pitted him for enters and the benefit you know Perez was way down and the benefit on the track was immediate because you literally saw as soon as he was out on enters and Perez was back on the track he literally made a jump of 15 seconds literally in 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 a space of a lap or two so you know it was very surprising to me at this point because after Perez, the driver that came in was Leclerc. But when you saw him come in, you saw the mechanics like they weren't ready for him. So, you know, most of us are thinking, here goes Ferrari again doing what Ferrari do. There must have been a miscommunication because, you know, it, it took them a minute. They, they, you could clearly tell they weren't ready for him. Now, I have to point out to you guys Although that looked like, you know, a mess up by Ferrari, which is no surprise to all of us because that happens so much. One thing we learned after the race was that actually is not on the team and the mechanics. What came out after the race was, <coughs> excuse me, that we well, what we later found out was Charles actually had not informed his team that he was coming in. So... That's a big mistake on Charles Leclerc part. I mean, you know, it's changeable conditions. You have to tell, I mean, he's an experienced driver. This is basic one-on-one. Even if you're a rookie, you have to communicate so to the, to the, to the team. So that gives them time to get your tires ready. And apparently Charles Leclerc did not do that. He just came in the pits. So that I can't put that on the team or the mechanics. That's actually Charles Leclerc's fault. So let's make sure that we put that out there okay so that happens and then in the meantime like i said i was i was giving you guys the drivers who made that immediate um decision with their teams to come in russell and norris they decided to stay out and you know the fact that they decided to stay out is going to be crucial because as you're going to see that's going to affect them later on down the line because they didn't make that decision then Another thing I have to mention is Hamilton, like Hamilton and Russell. You know, I'm I'm really surprised with the strategy decision today on, on the Mercedes pit wall. I really have to say today was not one of their best days. And again, by extension, you can apply this to McLaren as well, because as I told you guys, Norris also decided to stay out. Now, with how far back Hamilton was, you're talking about 14th and 15th. Again, from a strategy perspective, it's not like he's leading the race. To me, this was a no-brainer to go ahead and get Hamilton in, give him that early advantage. And, of course, I know we're speaking in hindsight, but I got to tell you guys, even in my F1 friend group, that was a message we exchanged, and I was saying to those guys, this is not after the race. This is in the middle of the race. I was saying to them, I don't get this. Why are they not pitting him? Because that really could have boosted Hamilton up. So um, I, I do have to say this was not one of their best um, strategy days because they really missed out on opportunity. So Hamilton actually... Um, Later on in the race, he comes on the radio and says, hey, you know, we, we definitely missed, you know, we kind of missed a trick. We missed 
that window where we should have come in. So again, usually Mercedes is really on it when it comes to strategy. Nine times out of 10, they make very solid and quick decisions, but I'm really surprised that they dropped the ball. So anyway, so right away, you saw that uh, the, the people who did the early stop, that is Leclerc, that is, um, that is, you know, Leclerc and even Joe with the Alfa Romeo and you're talking about you know all those guys and Perez of course I gotta mention Perez all these guys that I mentioned to you guys that did the early stop you can immediately tell on track they started reaping the benefits of that decision to come in early okay because they were all flying all right so later on um you as the race was going on there was another set of changes in the pits and you heard a radio message from Perez because the order was Perez was leading you know Max Verstappen was behind him but like like it, it's always the trend you start seeing Max Verstappen doing amazing laps time-wise and he is eating time out of Perez and so it, you know, it's crazy as, as we look at each race, but even in changeable conditions like today, to see these two drivers in the same machinery, and you're seeing at times Max eke out two seconds plus in the same car, you know, that's just a, a differential in talent that cannot be explained. So anyway, once that happened and the team then you know, the Red Bull team does the preferential uh, move and brings in Max. Okay, so that actually changed the order. And you can hear Perez coming on the radio and asking, uh, did we get, oh, uh, what did he say? He said, did we get undercut? That was his exact words by Max. And the engineer, you know, mentioned they did. So that's an interesting little tidpoint again that I point out to you guys. It shows you at the end of the day, no matter what, you know, not only is Max, you know, getting the strategy, but even when the team is giving the advantage to Perez, meaning they did a, a very good decision to pit in super early, what Max does is go out on track and he will outdrive his teammate Perez two to one. You know, he will eke out so much time that as a team, you have no other choice but to go ahead and, and get him on the preferential uh, strategy for pits. So that happened, okay? Now, as the race continues, again, you see different different moves being made. We have Logan Sargent, and of course, I mentioned to you guys what happened, Logan Sargent crashing qualifying. This, this rookie driver boy is really, really costing his team because now he has another crash in the race. So this brings out the safety car. And of course, now you're faced again, what decision you're going to make as far as tires, which is what made this race so hectic. Okay. So that reshuffled everything again. Now, what they decide to do is, you know, you can hear the engineers say, hey, guys, you know, the different engineers to their drivers were saying, we still see on the radar that we're going to get heavy rain, but this is going to be towards the end of the race. OK, so a decision is made now. 
um, Red Bull decide to bring Perez in. And as we see play out, that actually was not the right decision. Once they did that, what happens is now the race is in um, in a situation where it's, excuse me, it's getting flagged. So Perez is in this precarious position where he can't leave the pits now because, you know, it's under flag conditions. So you can say, you know, there's not a lot of errors that Red Bull makes. In fact, we've almost virtually have not seen even strategy wise them making an error, you know, almost the entire season, which is crazy to say. But they they made a slight error in this case on Perez's car. So now, like I said, Perez is in the pits. And we are now waiting for the race to restart again because there's a car to be removed on track. Now, I mentioned to you guys Logan Sargent, but of course, later on, we see that Joe also had an accident. Okay, so now the race is delayed by 30 minutes. Okay, so we're, you know, we're going to have to be able to see what is going to happen. Is it going to be restarted again? Because, of course, you know, this rain is very dangerous at this track. We've already seen several drivers going off, okay? So after 30 minutes, uh, what race control decides to do is now the, ra the, the rain has calmed down. So what they decide to do is they're going to have a rolling start, which is the right decision to make. That was the correct decision. And what they decided to do was they're also going to get Perez to restart again, and they're going to allow him to restart in third position. Now, he was very fortunate because we did not know, is he going to join in fourth, fifth, sixth? You know, it wasn't known because when they pitted him is when the the race was under flag conditions, okay? But Perez was very fortunate. They were going to allow him to start on third, okay? So they did a rolling start, and once they did, um, Russell actually got an uh, an excellent start, and he passes Norris, okay? And you see some movement where uh, Max Verstappen is doing real good, Alonso's doing real good. Now, when Russell was making this excellent pass, and you see him coming up, when it comes to Norris, and the camera really didn't show this, but they actually have contact. And that was very unfortunate for Russell because then all of a sudden you didn't know what happened, like I said, because the camera didn't show it. But you see him drop down the order like like literally like a stone. He kept on going down, down, and we find out he's actually had a puncher. So that was very unfortunate. And then as the race is going on, of course, Perez is right up there, but we get a message that Perez has now received a five-second penalty because you're speeding in the pit lane. So, you know, it's so unfortunate because, you know, you could have been on the podium, but, you know, Perez makes another error again, which is going to cost him. So he, he gets that. Now, you're seeing just in the dying moments of the race, Hamilton is trying everything he can to pass signs who's right in front of him. And he is, you know, I commend the effort that Hamilton did because he tried everything under the sun. But signs was putting up a great defense. So Hamilton was not able to get that done. So we have a tantalizing closing. Um, like I said, this was such a hectic race because you had so many different things, but the biggest part being the weather 
shifting things. You had restarts. So it was a really interesting race. But at the end, the victory goes to Max. And, um, you know, he did, an, like I said, an absolutely amazing job to get his ninth consecutive race victory. After him, you have to really shout out Alonzo, who had a very strong race. But the person who I hadn't mentioned a lot, but I mentioned to you guys, Gasly, who had, you know, one of the early stops for tires. Gasly for Alpine had an outstanding race. Okay, outstanding. You know, in a time where uh, the team, the actual team Alpine is really in an influx, you know, so many changes as far as the firings, the major firings that they had prior to the break, you know, to see a positive news like this come out of Alpine, Gasly had a fantastic race. Uh, for some reason, he's a big fan of this track as well because he had a good result. This is Gasly last year as well, so he really likes this track. He had a very strong drive. So your top three were, again, Max. Alonso did a fantastic drive for Austin Martin. And Gasly rounds out your top three for you. Okay? All right, everybody, that brings us to the conclusion of the Dutch GP review. As always, thank you so much for joining me from any part of the globe you're listening to. I look forward to you joining us next time. Please feel free to check out the TF1 podcast Twitter page as well. Take care.